<laughs> we, um, we've been working our way through the book of Acts, and we've been talking about reimagining church, and uh, we started a new part of that journey about three weeks ago, and um, we looked at a, at a section in Acts in Acts 2, 42 to 47, and, uh, and the plan for this morning was we, we finished that and we'd done some other stuff, and this morning we were going to go into Acts chapter 6, and we we're going to pick up how the church deals with the problem in Acts 6. But as I was sitting with that and as I was praying and, and asking God what we need to be doing, I realized that three weeks ago when we launched this, God was doing stuff in our service in the morning, and we, and we didn't get a chance to finish. In fact, I chopped half of my message off, and, um, and there was something that God was doing in that service that I felt like we didn't actually have the time to explore as much as, as we would have liked to. And so this morning, instead of carrying on, we're going to go back. And for some of you, you might, you might have missed that. I'm going to give you a short recap, very short, but we're really going to, we're going to dig into this idea. And so we, we looked in, uh, at three weeks ago, we looked at Acts 2, 42 to 47, and in those verses, um, Luke lists four pillars that existed in the early church, right? And uh, so we're going we're gonna to dig into that a little bit. Let me say, just go back and say, I want to say the reason I want to do this is because we're very good often at coming to church, and we sing some great songs, and we have a good time singing, and then we listen to someone, and we, and we rate them on whether they did a great job preaching somewhere between, you know, 10 being pretty decent and one being pretty awful, and we hope that it was a, a good word, and we were blessed, and we come out of it, and we move on. And I think sometimes that can be detrimental to the, our spirituality and to what God is doing in us. And, and actually, sometimes God, I would like to say all the time, God actually wants to move us by His Word. He wants us to, to read His Word and to come away and to be changed and to be, for our lives to shift and for something to happen. And so, so my hope this morning is, is actually to take some time to do that, to take some time to, to sit with the Lord and allow Him to move us and to shape us and to be molded by what He has said. And so I'm going to do a lot less talking this morning than, than normal, and I hope that that's a good thing. So, and, and just, to, just to say, there's, there's a bit of grace this morning because we're going to, it's going to involve a little bit of group discussion, right? And I know that maybe for some of you, if, you are, if you're visiting with us this morning or, or you're not yet a Christian, and if this is going to be awkward for you, I want to give you permission to say you can just sit there. You, you don't have to, you know, please don't put anyone on the spot. Give them an opportunity to share, but um, you're welcome to sit there and listen. If you prefer, if you want to participate, that'd be really great, right? That'd be really fantastic. If you're sitting here and you're an introvert, like my wife, right? I know the trauma I'm about to put you through. I want to apologize for that in advance. But I want to encourage you to step a little bit out of your comfort zone. So I've now put her through more trauma by highlighting. <laughs> right. And I want to, I want to encourage you, just, just allow, engage as much as you are able. And I trust that God will be at work. My hope this morning is that God will both be at work in us personally, but also that we would receive from Him through others and that we would learn from one another. So... And I want to again say we're not going to be dealing in right and wrong. There's no Christian right answer to what we're going to be dealing with. We're not going to quiz you on it afterwards. This is going to be about how God is wanting to move you into, into something that He's doing. So, so that's where we're going to go. Um, three weeks ago, we started in Acts 2.42. And just to remind you, in Acts 2.42, what, what has just happened is Pentecost has happened. 
right? And the disciples have been praying, and the Spirit has come down, and tongues of fire have covered everyone, and they've begun to speak in tongues, and it launches them out into ministry, and they leave the room, and they go out into the square, and they begin to preach, and a crowd gathers, and 3,000 people are cut to the heart as the Spirit ministers to them, and they give their lives over to the Lord. And Peter tells them, repent and be baptized. And it's this beautiful moment of the launch of the church through the power of the spirits. And then Luke gives us this description, these, these kind of six verses that sum up what this new community of believers looks like. And it says this in verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. And, there, and Luke uses, in this verse, he uses this interesting word, devoted. He uses it again in verse 46. The word devoted is the Greek word proskatereo, right? I'm not very good at Greek, I'll be honest. My Greek pronunciation is not something that anyone teaches you, right? But proskatereo is the Greek word for devoted. And it happens in verse 42, describing how this early church participated in these four things, the, the teaching of the apostles, the coming together in fellowship, the, the eating of meals together, the breaking of bread, and, and praying together, the formal prayers where they would go to the temple and pray together. It says they were devoted to these things. And again, Luke uses this word in verse 46, where he says they went to one another's houses and they went to temple together and they were devoted to these things. They, they continued to do them with an intense effort, even though it was sometimes hard. That's what devoted means. They, were, they continued to persevere in something with an intensity of effort. They gave themselves over to these things, even though it was inconvenience, even though their schedules were full, even though they had other stuff that was in their lives. They pressed into these things. And I think this word for us is so interesting because it's not, it's not a normal word that you would use to describe your daily life. Hey? How many of us can say, like, there's a thing that I'm actually devoted to? Maybe you're lank devoted to fantasy sports, right? And you give way too much of your time following all the sports competitions in the world and updating your fantasy sports teams. That's definitely not me. I know some people like that, though. <laughs> and then they start having conversations together, and you're just like, this is great. I'm going to go over there. Okay. But uh, we'd, we're, it's difficult for us to use this word to describe ourselves. And sometimes it's maybe even more so it's difficult for us to use the word devoted in the context of our relationship with the body of believers, the church. We all know church is full of people and sometimes people hurt us. So it becomes even more difficult to devote ourselves to them. I want you to notice just one thing before I hand over to the Lord. All right. I want you to notice one thing, that all of the things the early church devoted themselves to were group activities. They were group activities. Our Western culture loves to individualize as much of our lives as possible. You know, you can also now do church by yourself at home while you stream it from the internet. It's not really church. You can listen to some great sermons. You can sing some great worship music. You're not having church. You're having a time with the Lord, perhaps, and that's wonderful, but it's not church. The early church were devoted to doing things together. They spent as much time together as possible. And it's, that, it's so clear for me why the things of God began to happen. Why we constantly read this description in the book of Acts that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. 
that the number of believers grew and multiplied, that they had favor with all the people. Because they were committed, they were devoted to doing things together, to pressing in with a group of people that shared a common heart and a common goal. And three weeks ago, I posed this question for us, and, and, and we had to kind of move on, but I want to bring this question front and center this morning. The early church devoted themselves to these four things. What would it look like for us to continue to practice those things with an intense effort, even though it might be difficult? That's, that's really what we're going to do this morning. We're going to sit in that question. What does it look like to be devoted to sitting under the teaching of God's Word together with His people? What does it look like to be devoted to fellowshipping together with other believers, to meeting together with them, to eating together with them, to sharing meals with one another? What does it look like to be meeting together and to be devoted to meeting together with other believers to pray and to contend for the kingdom of God to come? What does that look like for us? Are those things characterizing our lives yet or not? And so that's why we're going to do things a little bit differently. Stu, you want to make your way up here? All right. And uh, we're going to take about 20 minutes. And we're going to start, Stu's going to start with a song. But we're not going to put the words to the song up because that's not the point. We're not entering into a time of worship. Right? But we're entering into a time of being in the presence of God. And so we're going to ask you to help us get there. Right? But God's presence is here. We are the temple of His Spirit, gathered, gathered together. And we're going to take about 20 minutes. We're going to sing a song. And then I'd like you to almost just be, sit with the Lord, be silent. And maybe Strew might sing some things. Maybe he'll just be playing. Right? But the, the point of what we're going to do is to spend time with God and in His presence. And we're going to try and listen. Listen to the Lord. Ask God to speak. Ask Him this question, God, what does it look like for me to be more devoted to these things? And if, if you find hearing God challenging, some of us do, all of us do at times. I read a story this week in, uh, in 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah the prophet has had a fantastic encounter with the Lord. He This is as intense a spiritual encounter, as intense a spiritual battle as you're ever going to get. It's you versus 450 other people, right? And they're all there, and they're all pressing in, and they're calling Baal to come and do stuff. And Elijah is like, we're going to show you who the real God is. You might remember the story, and there's two altars and two sacrifices, and they're waiting for the God to prove himself by calling down fire from heaven. And God comes through, and Elijah's offering is burnt up. And all 450 prophets of Baal are taken and slaughtered. And that really angers, really angers Jezebel, the queen of, the, of Israel at the time. And so she sends Elijah a message. She says, I'm coming for you. And you are going to die just like they did. And so he panics and he runs. And God takes him into a cave. And he's in this cave and there is a massive wind that blows around him and the mountain shakes and rocks begin to fall and then there's an earthquake and things begin to shatter and Elijah's sitting in the cave and he's freaking out and then fire begins to rain down around him and you can just imagine this is terrifying and then it all stops and there's this gentle breeze and Elijah comes out the cave because he recognizes in that still small breeze is the voice of God. God speaks to him in that place. And you might, you might have an incredible moment with God. 
God might shout something to you. I call that the spirit pole. Right? When I've been disobedient to the Lord for long enough, then he takes a big pole and beats me with it in the spirits. Right? And then I get the point because I've been ignoring him for so long. Maybe God's going to do that for you this morning. Maybe there's going to be just this still small inkling in your heart that you're going to recognize. Maybe God's just drawing my attention to something here. And I just want to encourage you to be sensitive to the still small voice of God. So we're going to go, we're going to, we're going to sing one song, and then we're going to be in sort of 15 minutes of rest before God as we allow Him to, to begin to help us answer that question. How can I begin to be more devoted towards the people of God that you've placed around me in these things? Right. And let me just say this, because you might be visiting here um, it doesn't necessarily mean how can you be devo- more devoted to this church. Right? It means how can you be more devoted to the people of God, the community of believers that God has placed you in. And maybe that is here, and that's wonderful. Maybe it's somewhere else. Right? But there are believers around you that God is calling you to be devoted to. And then we're going to get together, and you just I'd love you to share what you feel like God has begun to put in you about what you could do to be more devoted to any one of those four things. Please don't feel like you have to share on all of them because if we all try and share on all of them, we're going to run out of time. And also, you're probably not going to have time to hear the Lord on all four of those things. Allow God to single one thing out. Please, don't, please also don't come and say, this is what the church should do to be able to make this better for me. Right? That's not what we're trying to do. We're talking about how we can be more devoted to the Lord. So let's, let's keep it real personal and say, Lord, how can I begin to step into devotion in these things. And just pick one space that God has begun to share with you. And then at the end of that, we're going to wrap it up and I'm going to ask one person in the group to share one highlight from what someone has shared. And we're just going to bless one another as we do that together. Does that sound all right? Okay. So, so Shrew's going to take a time to just lead us in, in, a, in a bit of a song. And then after that, we're going to put a slide up. In fact, Jackie, you can put the slide up on the, on the screen now. All right. Those are just, those are the four things the church devoted themselves to, those are some questions that might be helpful to you in discerning what God is saying. You can find any of them helpful, you can find none of them helpful. But they're just there, and if you want to reflect on any of them as, as we're sitting with the Lord, they're going to be there. All right. Lord, how can we be more devoted to being intimately a part of your body of believers? Let's rest in Him, let's wait on Him. We're going to get into groups maybe after we've rested. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Drew. of every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus.
Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. We live for you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in love to those around me. I will build my life upon your
And they would meet with Jesus. They devoted themselves to the fellowship of the believers because they recognized that in one another God would speak and they would see Jesus. John says of Jesus, he must become more and I must become less. He must become more and I must become less. And sometimes as a church and as believers, we can do all the right things. As what it says in the letter to the church of Ephesus in the book of Revelation. The angel writes to the church and says, you do all the right things. You have your moral values and your doctrines in place and you meet and you persevere. You do good works. But then it says, this I have against you. You have forsaken your first love. And it's so easy, and I recognize that in my own life, that it's so easy to forsake my first love and to get caught up in the things that all look good, but that take my eyes away from Jesus. And so, Jesus, we thank you for your presence with us this morning. You are so worthy of our devotion. You are so worthy of our time, of our efforts, of our money. You are so worthy, Jesus. And I believe that this morning, Jesus is inviting us and say, devote yourself to me again. And I don't know where you're at at this moment. I don't know what your life is like. I don't know even if you know Jesus. Maybe you've come here as a visitor and you thought, well, let me go to church. But deep in your heart, you know that you've not met Jesus in the way that you would like to. And if that is you, I would encourage you to open your heart and to invite Jesus in and say, Jesus, show me what it looks like to be devoted to you. Show me what it means that you can give my life because your life may sound dead and there's not much life in it. Come to the fountain of life and he will give you life in abundance. But maybe you're in a place where you have given your life to Jesus many, many years ago, but you recognize that you have lost something of that first love. Life has taken its toll. Life has gone away with you. Life has thrown things at you that have consumed you and taken up much of your time and effort and money. And you've lost that first love. Once you were zealous for Jesus, but you've lost some of that. Then this morning, Jesus says, devote yourself to me again and see what I will do. Come to the fountain. Come to the fountain. Drink. Eat. I will give it to you for free and I will give it to you in abundance. So if you recognize yourself in any of this, I would invite you to stand. This is between you and God. This is a sign of your devotion to Him. I would invite you to stand. I would invite you to stand and say, God, I want to devote myself to you again. Life is all about you, Jesus. When you come to the end of your life, there's nothing left but Him. When all has been said and done, there's only one name left, and that is Jesus. And so this morning, I feel there's an invitation for us as a church, but also for individuals, to devote yourself to Jesus again and to say, Jesus, I need you. I want you. I want you to become more and me to become less. I want more of you, Jesus.
I want to see what the early church saw, where you just add to the numbers and when we see the miracles and the healings and where your kingdom grows. And so if that is you, I would invite you to stand and then I will pray for us and then we will continue. And I will stand as well. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are so worthy of it all. You are so worthy of our devotion. No one is like you. You are the giver of life. Life can only be found with you, Jesus. The Bible says you are the author of life. You came up with a very idea. And life can only be found with you. And Father, on behalf of of those that stand, I want to say, Father, we repent of having lost our first love. We repent of having lost that zeal and that first love that we had when we just came to know you. And Father, we repent of that. And Father, we stretch our hands out to you and say, fill us again. Fill us again. Take up that space in our life that belongs to you. Father, we devote ourselves to you again, whatever that is going to look like. Holy Spirit, fill our hearts. Holy Spirit, come and move among us. Come and move among us. Open up hearts, Holy Spirit. Father, will you give life to the dry places in our lives? Holy Spirit, will you water them? Holy Spirit, where people have built walls around their hearts, will you break them down and say, it's safe to be with me? Spirit of God, water on this church. Holy Spirit, come and move among us. Make us a church that is devoted to you. I ask that you will speak to those that stand and say what it looks like for them to be devoted again. Spirit, will you do a mighty work in people's hearts? And will you give us a desire for more of Jesus? That he will become more and we will become less. Jesus, that you will become more and we will become less. It's all about you, Jesus. You are the King. You are our Lord. You love us with an everlasting love. Become our first love again, Jesus. Take up your place in our lives. We love you, Jesus. We love you. He must become more, and we must become less. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Make us a church that is devoted to you. Make us a church that is devoted to you, that is willing to lay it all aside and say, I'm willing to go for this because this is my King. This is my Lord. This is the one who gives me life. Make us a church, Father, that is devoted to you. Show us what that looks like. Work in our hearts. Don't leave us where we are. Make us a church that is devoted to you. And may that be shown as uh, as we come together and read your word and pray together and have fellowship together. Build relationships among us, Holy Spirit. Build among us, Holy Spirit. Make us a church that is devoted to you. Make us a church that is devoted to you. 
Lead us, Father, lead us as only you can do. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I want to encourage you that if there's anything that God is laying on your heart, anything where you realize that you have devoted yourself to other things but Jesus, God says, give it to me. Give it to me. It's only empty hands that can be filled. But we, if we hold tightly to the things of the world and the things we like, God says, give it to me. Open up your hands and see what I will give you in return. <laughs> see what I will give you in return. So if God is pointing out something to you that you know that is not of Him, I would encourage you to now give it to Him and say, God, I give it to you. I'm sorry that I have held on to this for so long. I'm giving it to you. Will you fill it with who you are? Will you fill my empty hands with who you are? And you will see that He fills it with His goodness, His grace, His provision, His joy, His peace. And He will come. And He will come and make Himself known to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Make us people that are devoted to you. <laughs> and let us be known for that as the people that are devoted to Him. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we're just going to stay in the space for a couple more minutes. And we're going to change how we're going to bring this to an end, and I'll share that with you in a moment. But let's just rest in Him. enjoy and appreciate what he's doing in us Thank you.
We thank you that you are alive, that you are living and active. You are the God of the living and not of the dead. And you are here amongst us, God. Moving by your power, moving in your grace. We thank you, Lord, that the Spirit of God reveals to us all things. It searches out the deep things of God and makes those things known to us. That is an incredible privilege, Lord. Thank you that we can know you and be moved by you. I felt as Enika was leading us in a concentration and a focus on devotion that we're going to change how we, how we end a little bit. And so instead of breaking into groups and having a little bit of a chat, I'd like to invite any of you who feel like God has spoken to you this morning just to come and share with us a little bit of what God has said. It doesn't have to be for us. It can just be this is what God has said to me as I've been sitting with Him. And so I know there are some of you out there where God has been speaking love to encourage you to be bold enough to just come to, you don't even have to stand on the stage, you can sit on the floor, on the chair, but just come and say, this is what God has been doing in me, as we've been with Him. I'm going to wait, because I know God has been working. This was so close to what I prayed this morning before we went to church, that the Holy Spirit would become real <laughs> and real in our lives, and that people around us would see that Jesus was within us. And when Inika prayed, this was just a, a, an, an answer, a, a, a connection between what I had asked the Lord this morning and we said that was said in church this morning. May we become a church. That when we move around here in Musenberg and wherever we go, that people will see and know that Jesus is King in our hearts and lives in us in Jesus' name. to break my heart for people and I struggle with fear of man and I just realize that he just wants to destroy the walls that are built around me and just to untie my hands so that I actually can go out and give his love to others because I might be able to have a broken heart for others but it's useless if I don't actually go and pour it out. has spoken about being filled with the Spirit and what uh, I think uh, in my own life I realize 
that I leak and I need to be filled. And I need to be filled every day because I leak every day. Um, one of the things uh, that has been said is that we need to, uh, to be devoted to, to people. And I have been very concerned about members in my own family um, trying to build relationships within our own family and and praying for family members and God has broken through for me that um, one of my nieces uh, my, my sister's my niece yeah, my sister's daughter who's been on drugs for many years and left the house and stayed with a boyfriend and he had introduced her to drugs she had given it up and came back home. And yesterday I took down a chocolate cake I made and went to celebrate with him. Uh, and that was one incredible uh, time of fellowship uh, with, with the family. And then last night I had come back from uh, two families I had visited and it was such a joyous time. And I came, came back last night and I get this uh, SMS on my on my phone that my eldest daughter who's ha have mental mental uh, problem issues hasn't been speaking to me for about four months although I've sent a little text messages and last night she said she's coming to see me this afternoon at three o'clock so really prayers are so important just keep praying there thanks very much Anyone else who wants to come and just share with us? Yeah, here we go. We've got three years. Um, okay, um, as I was sitting down, I asked myself this question and I asked the Holy Spirit this question. Um, what does it mean to devote? What does that word mean? And a word grows up, commitment. And I struggle a bit with it because time to time, the word commitment, we take it as a contract. It happens for a period of time and then it expires. And just with that, um, I felt like God was saying, I should change my mindset and just share this with people, that we need to change our mindset on that. Um, it's not a period thing, it's not a time thing that will just happen for a certain time. And, and so, it should be a lifestyle. It should be something that day and night um, we live by and we are willing to say, okay, cool. Um, whatever that happens, God, I'm, I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to devote myself to talk to you as a way of prayer. I'm willing to take time and spend time with your people. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's quite similar to this, what this lady said this morning. My prayer was also, I ask, um, why is this world so broken? Why is there so much hurt and abuse and poverty? And, and I said to myself, I ask the church, but I speak to me first. I cannot look at anybody else but myself and say, I, am I the fragrance of Christ in my life to the world? What, what do I show the world? 
What does what do us as a church show the world? Are we the fragrance of Christ? And I'll speak to myself before I look at anybody else. And I've just read a book that Inika gave me, um, Compelled by Love, Heidi Baker. And she said, if you don't have compassion, passion and compassion, then give up what you're doing. Do I, Jan, have enough compassion and passion in me for the broken world? And on my heart this morning, it's Pumi. Pumi, you are on my heart this morning. You are on my heart this morning. Because you live a life, I live a privileged life compared to you. And I want to tell you that, that you are on my heart. I don't know what you're going through. You live in a broken world. But you are on my heart. And there's many of you around. Do we as a church show the lost and broken the heart of God? Are we devoted to God? Are we devoted to Jesus, what He's done for us? To go and show that to the world. And I'm guilty. I was I had on my heart was also similar to um, the one on commitment because um, well I'm quite flaky about coming to church or I have been recently and I've been searching why that might be and I think um, a part of me I struggle with perfectionism and so I am part of a life group I'm part of women's groups and every time I'm doing well in one of those things, it seems I'm letting another thing down. And I struggle to keep all of these different aspects in balance and with work as well. And sometimes when I, I look at a list like that, it's very convicting because it seems like there's just so many more burdens and so much more to take on. And um, I don't know how I'm going to do it. And that's when Enika's word really helped with the Holy Spirit because suddenly it wasn't about how much I can cope with and um, how much I can take on and carry things for other people. It's God who is carrying other people and if I agree to do something, He can empower me to, to do that. And then it's not so much about me anymore, which is actually a huge relief. <laughs> yeah, so um, I feel like God is saying that if something is becoming too heavy, or you're feeling too thinly stretched, then it's uh, he's ready to take over for you. Lovely, thanks, Colleen. Yeah, Laura. Yeah. The very things I didn't want to hear this morning, I heard. And um, you know, I was reading in one John before the um, before the service started. About, uh, you know, you don't need anybody to teach you to 1 John 2 because you have a teacher, and it's true. So, the point of church is not to be to come here and to be taught. Also, thought to myself with those four pillars in mind, I know I was drawn here this morning because it was time to come back, and um, 
I'm reluctant about that because I, I really don't want to be part of a, of a, of a church community. Um, I came this morning to be filled and to drink at the fountain. And I find the contrary is actually true. The reason why one should commit to a community of believers is not because of what you could get from it. It's because you might be able to help others. Thank you. Thank you, Lawrence. So true. All right. Lord, we just want to thank you that you've been so involved with us this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you call us as your people, the body of Christ. That each one of us is indispensable to this body. Because it's through one another that we function. It's through one another that we fulfill the purposes of God in our generation. It's through the empowering of the Spirit that fills all of us, that enables us, that leads us and guides us. Thank you, God, that we can rest in you. Thank you, God, that we can find strength in you, that we can find clarity in you. Thank you, Lord, that you lead us day by day and moment by moment. And we thank you that you have been at work amongst us this morning. And we pray, Lord, that as we as we bring this time to an end, Lord, that the devotion that you have inspired in us, God, would not be something that fades as we walk out the door. But, Lord, it would be a seed that is cultivated and that grows in us, that our love for you, Jesus, would increase, that our love for your people, God, would increase, that you would release, God, joy into us as we celebrate with your people as we contend together in prayer, as we love those who are battling, as we sit under your word, and as we love you, Jesus, just increase the love that we have for you in our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that this is not about works. We don't earn our favor with you. We don't become better Christians because we've earned your grace. But we follow you because we love you. Because you alone are the one who has the words of life. You are the author and perfecter of our salvation. We bless you, God. We love you, Jesus. God, give us grace as we go into this week. Fill us with your spirit, Lord that your light would shine through us everywhere we go. Because God, we know we don't come together for the sake of coming together on a Sunday, but we come together because we are your people that carry your spirit everywhere we go. For your name's sake and for your glory. Amen. Amen. Friends, thank you for being with us this morning. I hope we didn't stretch you too far, but we trust that God is at work as you are with us. And uh, if you would like to come and join us for a baptism, we're going to walk down to Surfer's Corner. And uh, when we have a bit of a quorum of people there, uh, we're going we're gonna to get into the water and uh, we're going to do some baptisms. So please come along and join us if you can. It's going to be really lovely. Otherwise, uh, have a wonderful rest of the weekend and the week ahead. We look forward to seeing you again soon.